Hello and welcome to the Global City Missions podcast. The podcast is hosted by Global City Mission Initiative. This is Seth Bouchel, GCMI's team leader in New York. And today we're going to be talking about following up on spiritual conversations. In the last episode of the podcast, we discussed what a discovery Bible study was and why DBS is advantageous for urban ministry. And I ended that episode by saying that we would return to the idea of what a person of peace was and how could we identify those individuals in our evangelistic work. So before we start today, uh, if you haven't listened to the last episode, that's episode 11 on Discovery Bible Studies. And if you haven't listened to episode two, which is about how to start a spiritual conversation, I recommend that you go back and listen to those two episodes because today's material is going to assume that you're familiar with the concepts that we talk about there. So let's assume that we're out doing our evangelistic work and we're using the mosaic approach that we talked about in episode one and two. We know what the regular conversations are going on around us. We've identified good inroads in our neighborhood through which to meet people. And we've been able, through making our spiritual statements, to begin a few spiritually focused conversations with individuals in our community. How do we follow up on those encounters? I get this question a lot because it usually takes some time to develop evangelistic skill. And people go out and they practice making spiritual statements and trying to tell Bible stories. So they get excited about the first or second conversation they have out in the neighborhood. And then they feel intimidated because they don't know how to have another spiritual conversation. So I've said before in the podcast, you know, if you can't have a conversation, you can't have a spiritual conversation. And that's true. The good news on this is though, if you can have one spiritual conversation, you can almost always have another one. Um, Our initial evangelistic interaction, like we've talked about before is usually about going and planting small seeds through making spiritual statements and we want to let people respond however they wish. We don't have an agenda for them. We just have an agenda for ourselves that we're trying to be openly and transparently Christian in a way that if we're running into spiritually receptive people or good soil and they want to respond to those statements, they can. But in our follow up conversations, we can actually be more direct. If we can have one spiritual conversation with somebody and it goes well, the follow up can be very direct and simple. And I want to teach you how I do that. Because 90% of my follow-up evangelism starts with this exact phrase. I say, hey, uh, the other day we were talking about, you know, fill in the blank. And I thought a lot about what you said. And from there, I can ask a question. I can tell a story. Uh, or I can make a pretty direct spiritual comment to solicit their input. And it took no effort to get right back where we left off in the last conversation. All I had to do was to listen well the last time. And reflect on it some while I was away and then come back and show respect for whatever spiritual insights or thoughts they gave in our previous interaction. And it really isn't more complicated than that. Uh, But I do want to give you some examples of what this can look like in practice. Because in my own ministry, there are two ways that I typically use this form of follow up. Uh, The first is when I go home after meeting someone and, and I've had a spiritual conversation with them and I begin to reflect on our interaction and realize I missed a good opportunity to talk about something. Uh, Maybe I was distracted. Maybe I was just not thinking on my feet very quickly. Maybe I did make a spiritual conversation in the statement, but it wasn't as good as the one that I thought of later. So now I'm home, I'm thinking about it, and I'm kicking myself for not having said what I now wish I had said. So I know a lot of evangelists who have this experience, Uh, and especially the people who are early in their ministry, I've seen them get discouraged when this happens because they feel like it's proof that they aren't good at evangelism. Uh, And what I always tell them is this, when you think of something that you should have said, don't get frustrated. You just set up your next spiritual conversation. 
So go back to the person and you say, hey, the other day we were talking about fill in the blank. And I thought a lot about something you said. And it reminded me of this. And now I can share whatever it was that I thought of. Or maybe I can phrase it, you know, hey, I thought a lot about this thing that you said. Uh, and I wish that I thought to tell you blank. And I can share whatever it is I thought of. Right. And this actually isn't weird to our friends and our neighbors when when we do this, because everyone's had the experience of not having the right words at the time. But if we have the eyes to see it as an evangelist, sometimes what appears to be a missed opportunity is actually an open door for our next interaction. So this is one of the ways that I use this method of follow up. And I found that it's really helpful for people that are early in their evangelistic work, especially who maybe haven't developed uh, some of the comments and stories that that they wish they had. So the second way that I use this is by setting up what I would describe as an oral discovery Bible study with my friends. So again, we talked about DBS in the last podcast, but I have a spiritual conversation with somebody. And the next time I see them, I say, Hey, uh, the other day we were talking about, you know, fill in the blank. And I thought about something you said, and I was reading this thing in the Bible the other day, and I thought you might have some insights that could help me. And then I tell them whatever story or scripture that I want to share with them, usually paraphrasing and putting it in plain language, but I just want to get the scripture across. And once I tell them the story, I just ask them the same last few questions that we talked about from DBS. So I tell them a parable or I tell them a saying of Jesus. And then I ask, what is this story supposed to teach me about God? And what is this supposed to teach me about life? Uh, and how am I supposed to put this into practice if I believe this? And my experience is that people are consistently happy to help me navigate and interpret scripture, particularly because, as I demonstrated in the follow-up, I listen to their insights and I continue to reflect on them after the conversation. So socially, this way of following up is actually pretty effective. But it also accomplishes a couple of strategic things for me as a missionary that I think are useful if we're pursuing a disciple-making strategy like the one that we have at GCMI. The first strategic advantage to this, I find, uh, is that it gets me into a place that I can get some insight into how thoughtful and reflective this individual really is. Uh, because not everyone who is willing to have a spiritual conversation is going to be a person of peace. And remember, a person of peace is those who are going to gather others to start a Discovery Bible study with us. Uh, especially among the native New York population and a lot of the post-religious, whether it be post-Christian or post-Islamic groups, I know a lot of people who are willing to have a conversation with me about God, but if their heart really isn't open to considering and reflecting on their lives and how they might be changed by the gospel, then they're probably not in a place where they're ready to gather others and start trying to follow Jesus together. I know a lot of people who are interested in telling me about their religious upbringing or talking about ideas about God or maybe other religious concepts. But until they've brought together their community, until they put some relational capital on the line and are open to begin being challenged by scripture, then they're not actually a person of peace. They're just a spiritually interested person. And so starting with an oral discovery Bible study with people, talking through these questions, sharing stories and asking for their interpretation and insight is a good litmus test for me to tell whether or not people are actually going to be uh, reflecting more deeply and open at a heart level to doing something more kingdom centered. The second advantage of this approach 
for my work is that it gives the other person an accurate picture of how I'm going to engage them if we progress towards starting a group and gathering. So another way to say that is that it sets up my ask for a DBS. Um, if I can have a follow-up conversation that takes the form of an oral DBS, my ask is really easy. All I say is, hey, uh, I've really enjoyed hearing about some of your insights and learning from you, and this is actually the exact same way that we facilitate our conversations in our house churches. I like to just ask questions, but I'm not the teacher and there's no lesson. We just talk through scripture and try to help one another understand how to practice it in our lives. Uh, would you be interested in starting something like that? See, one of the difficulties in a context like New York is that it takes a lot of relational capital for an individual to convince their community to gather for a DBS. People's lives are so busy and their schedules are already overly full. And so they probably feel skeptical about whatever spiritual experience they're being invited into. And for that reason, we want to empower our potential people of peace to represent what they're inviting other people into as accurately as possible. So this is one of the reasons I don't talk about DBS as a Bible study when I'm out on the street doing evangelism, because the expectation that most people have about what a Bible study is, it's not accurate to the experience of being in a DBS, where it's much more open and discursive and discovery-based. And it's also why I don't do a lot of teaching or theological explanation in my early evangelistic conversations, because if I did that, it would set up the expectation that I'm a teacher and I'm going to help them learn a lot and explain a lot of things to them. And they might gather under those pretenses, but once they gather, if we're doing DBS, then they're probably going to be confused and potentially disappointed because the way that I've started engaging them is different in the group than it was on the street. And the way I engage them on the street is what attracted them to gathering in the first place. So for that reason, as an evangelist, I want my own self-presentation to be as consistent as possible throughout my community. So in the pre-house church groups, the DBSs that I'm having my people of peace gather, uh, if I'm going to allow in that space for a lot of discovery and questioning and mutuality, then I want to incorporate that exact same culture of openness and inductiveness into the evangelistic conversations that lead to the formation of these groups. And now that may sound overly strategic or analytical, but remember, the actual follow-up practice is as easy as listening well to the comments and insights of others and then being able to directly share about whatever message of God's kingdom is on our hearts today. The phrasing is as easy as, hey, I thought a lot about what you said last time, uh, and I wanted to tell you this story, or I wanted to share this with you. So it's that easy. I want to leave off this week by challenging you to practice and experiment with using this kind of oral discovery Bible study in your own ministry and see if it doesn't help give you some better perspective about who isn't just spiritually receptive, but might actually be a person of peace and who could open up their home and start a new group with you. And again, don't feel intimidated. If you get home and you remember something that you wish that you'd said, you just set up your next spiritual conversation. Congratulations. Thank you for joining us today for this episode of the Global City Missions podcast. Uh, you can find out more about GCM on our website at globalcitymission.org, or you can visit us on our Facebook and Twitter.